0: chapter 10 of the scottish chiefs this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by shirley ellen the scottish chiefs by miss jane porter chapter 10 st fillans as soon as murray found her within his arms he clasped her insensible form to his breast and carrying her up the steps drew the bolt of the door it opened to his pressure and discovered a large monastic cell into which the daylight shone through one long narrow window a straw pallet an altar and a marble basin were the furniture the cell was solitary the owner being then at mass in the chapel of the monastery murray laid down his death-like burden on the monk's bed he then ventured believing as it was to restore so pure a being to life it would not be a sacrilege to throw some of the holy water upon his cousin's face and by means of a little chalice which stood upon the altar he poured some into her mouth at last opening her eyes she recognized the figure of her young kinsman leaning over her the almost paralyzed halbert stood at her feet Blessed Virgin, am I yet safe, and with my dear Andrew? Oh, I feared you were slain, cried she, bursting into tears. Thank God we are both safe, answered he. Comfort yourself, my beloved cousin. You are now on holy ground. This is the cell of the prior of St. Philan. None but the hand of an infidel dare wrest you from this sanctuary. But my father and Lady mar Again her tears flowed. The countess, my gracious lady, answered Halbert, since you could not be found in the castle, is allowed to accompany your father to Dumbarton Castle, there to be treated with every respect until de Valence receives further orders from King Edward. But for Wallace, cried she, ah, where now are the succors that would be sent to him? And without succors, how can he or you, dearest Andrew, rescue my father from this tyranny? "'Do not despair,' replied Murray. "'Look but at the banner you held fast, even while insensible. "'Your own hands have engraven my answer. "'God armeth the patriot.' "'Convinced of that, can you still fear for your father? "'I will join Wallace to-morrow. "'Your own fifty warriors await me at the bottom of Cartlane Craigs. "'And if any treachery should be meditated against my uncle, "'that moment we will make the towers of Dumbarton shake to their foundation.' Helen's reply was a deep sigh. She thought it might be heaven's will that her father, like the good Lord Douglas, should fall a victim to royal revenge, and so sad were her forebodings that she hardly dared to hope what the sanguine disposition of her cousin promised. Grimsby now came forward, and unloosing an iron box from under his arm put it into the hands of Lord Murray this fatal treasure said he was committed to my care by the earl your uncle to deliver to the prior of st Fillan's. what does it contain demanded murray i never saw it before i know not its contents returned the soldier it belongs to sir william wallace indeed ejaculated helen if it be treasure why was it not rather sent to him but how honest soldier asked murray did you escape with it and halbert too i'm at a loss to conjecture but by miracle he replied that as soon as the english and their scottish partisans under the lord solace had surprised the castle he saw that his only chance of safety was to throw off the bonnet and plaid and mix amongst the numerous soldiers who had taken possession of the gates his armour and his language showed that he was their countryman and they easily believed that he had joined the plunderers as a volunteer from the army which at a greater distance beleaguered the castle the story of his desertion from the lanark garrison had not yet reached those of glasgow and dumbarton and one or two men who had known him in former expeditions readily reported that he had been drafted into the present one their recognition warranted his truth and he had no difficulty after the carnage in the state apartment to make his way to the bedchamber where lord aimer de valence had ordered lord mar to be carried he found the earl alone and lost in grief he knew naught but that his nephew and even his daughter and wife had fallen beneath the impetuous swords of the enemy astonished at seeing the soldier walking at large he expressed his surprise with some suspicions but grimsby told him the stratagem that he had used and assured him lord andrew had not been seen since the onset this information inspired the earl with a hope that his nephew might have escaped and when the soldier also said that he had seen the countess led by lord Solis across the hall toward the lady helen's apartments while he overheard him promising them every respect the earl seemed comforted but how he inquired of grimsby has this hard fate befallen us have you learned how de valence knew that i meant to take up arms for my country when the soldier was relating this part of the conference murray interrupted him with the same demand on that head i cannot fully satisfy you replied he i could only gather from the soldiers that a sealed packet had been delivered to lord aimer de valence late last night at dumbarton castle solas was then there and he immediately set off to glasgow for the followers he had left in that town Early this morning he joined de Valence and his legions on Bothwell Moor. The consequences there you know, but they do not end at Bothwell. The gallant Wallace, at that name so mentioned, the heart of Helen, grew cold. "'What of him?' exclaimed Murray. "'No personal harm yet happened to Sir William Wallace,' replied Grimsby. But at the same moment in which de Valence gave orders for his troops to march on Bothwell, he sent others to intercept that persecuted knight's escape from the cartland Craigs. that accursed sealed packet cried murray has been the traitor some villain in bothwell castle must have written it whence else could have come the double information and if so added he with tremendous emphasis may the blast of slavery ever pursue him and his posterity Helen shuddered, as the amen to this frightful malediction was echoed by the voices of Halbert and the soldier. The latter continued. When I informed Lord Mar of these measures against Wallace, he expressed a hope that your first detachment to his assistance might, with yourself perhaps at its head, elude their vigilance and join his friend. This discourse reminded him of the iron box. It is in that closet, said his lordship, pointing to the opposite door, You will find it beneath the little altar before which i pay my daily duties to the all-wise dispenser of the fates of men elsewhere would be my confidence now take it thence and buckle it to your side i obeyed and he then proceeded there are two passages in this house which lead to the sanctuary the one nearest to us is the safest for you a staircase from the closet you have just left will lead you directly into the chapel when there hasten to the image of the virgin and slip aside the marble tablet on the back of the pedestal it will admit you to a flight of steps descend them and at the bottom you will find a door that will convey you into a range of cellars lift up the largest flagstone in the second and you will be conducted through a dark vault to an iron door draw the bolt and remain in the cell it will open to you till the owner enters he is the prior of st phillan's and a murray Give him this golden cross which he well knows as a mark you come from me and say it is my request that he assist you to gain the seashore as for the iron box tell him to preserve it as he would his life and never to give it up but to myself my children or to sir william wallace its rightful master Alas cried halbert that he had never been its owner that he had never brought it to ellerslie to draw down misery on his head ill omen trust "'Whatever it contains, its presence carried blood and sorrow in its train. "'Wherever it has been deposited, war and murder have followed. "'I trust my dear master will never see it more.' "'He may indeed never see it more,' murmured Helen, in a low voice. "'Where are now my proud anticipations of freedom to Scotland?' "'Alas, Andrew,' said she, taking his hand and weeping over it, "'I have been too presumptuous. "'My father is a prisoner, and Sir William Wallace is lost.' cease my dear helen cried he cease to distress yourself these are merely the vicissitudes of the great contention we are engaged in we must expect occasional disappointments or look for miracles every day such disasters are sent as lessons to teach us precaution promptitude and patience these are the soldier's graces my sweet cousin and depend on it i will pay them due obedience but why asked helen taking comfort from the unsubdued spirits of her cousin. Why, my good soldier, did not my dear father take advantage of this sanctuary? I urged the Earl to accompany me, returned Grimsby, but he said such a proceeding would leave his wife and babes in unprotected captivity. No, added he, I will await my fate, for the God of those who trust in him knows that I do not fear. Having received such peremptory orders from the Earl, I took my leave, and entering the chapel by the way he directed was agreeably surprised to find the worthy halbert whom never having seen since the funeral obsequies i supposed had fallen during the carnage in the state chamber he was still kneeling by the tomb of his buried mistress i did not take long to warn him of his danger and desired him to follow me we descended together beneath the holy statue and were just emerging into the cellars when you sir met us at the entrance it was while we were yet in the chapel that i heard de valence and solace at high words in the courtyard the former in a loud voice gave orders that as helen mar could nowhere be found the earl and countess with their two infant children should not be separated but be conveyed as his prisoners to dumbarton castle that is a comfort cried helen my father will then be consoled by the presence of his wife but very different would have been the case madam had you appeared rejoined the soldier. One of Lord de Valence's men told me that Lord Solas intended to have taken you and the Countess to Dunglass Castle, near Glasgow, while the sick earl was to have been carried alone to Dumbarton and detained in solitary confinement. Lord Solas was in so dreadful a rage when you could not be found that he accused the English commander of having leagued with Lady Mar to deceive him. In the midst of this contention, we descended into the vaults helen shuddered at the thought of how near she was to falling into the hands of so fierce a spirit in his character he united every quality which could render power formidable combining prodigious bodily strength with cruelty dissimulation and treachery he was feared by the common people as a sorcerer and avoided by the virtuous of his own rank as an enemy to all public law and the violator of every private tie helen marr had twice refused his hand first during the contest for the kingdom when his pretended claim to the crown was disallowed she was then a mere child hardly more than fourteen but she rejected him with abhorrence though stung to the quick at being denied the objects both of his love and ambition at the same moment he did not hesitate at another period to renew his offer to her At the fall of Dunbar, when he again founded his uprise on the ruins of his country, as soon as he had repeated his oaths of fidelity to Edward, he hastened to Thurselstain, to throw himself a second time at the feet of Lady Helen. Her ripened judgment confirmed her youthful dislike of his ruffian qualities, and again he was rejected. "'By the powers of hell!' exclaimed he, when the project of surprising Bothwell was imparted to him if i once get that proud minion into my grasp she shall be mine as i will and learn to beg for even a look from the man who has humbled her helen knew not half the afflictions with which his resentful heart had meditated to subdue and torture her and therefore though she shrunk at the sound of a name so generally infamous yet not aware of all the evils she had escaped she replied with languor though with gratitude to the almost rapturous congratulations of her cousin on her timely flight at this period the door of the cell opened and the prior entered from the cloisters he started on seeing his room filled with strangers murray took off his helmet and approached him on recognizing the son of his patron the prior inquired his commands and expressed some surprise that such a company and above all a lady could have passed the convent gate without his previous notice murray pointed to the recess behind the altar and then explained to the good priests the necessity which had compelled them to thus seek the protection of saint philin lady helen continued he must share your care until heaven empowers the earl of mar to reclaim his daughter and adequately reward this holy church the soldier then presented the cross with the iron box repeating the message that confided them also to his keeping the prior listened to these recitals with sorrowful attention He had not heard the noise of armed men advancing to the castle, but knowing that the earl was making warlike preparations, he had no suspicion that these were other than Bothwell's soldiers. He took the box, and laying it on the altar, pressed the cross to his lips. The earl of Mar shall find that fidelity here which his faith in the church merits. That mysterious chest to which you tell me so terrible a denunciation is annexed shall be preserved sacred as the relics of St. philan Halbert groaned heavily at these words, but he did not speak. The father looked at him attentively, and then proceeded. But for you, virtuous Southron, I will give you a pilgrim's habit. Travel in that privileged garb to Montrose, and there a brother of the church, the prior of Aberbrothock, will, by letter from me, convey you in a vessel to Normandy. Thence you may safely find your way to Guienne. The soldier bowed his head, and the priest, turning to Lady Helen, told her that a cell should be appointed for her, and some pious woman brought from the adjoining hamlet to pay her due attendance. As for this venerable man, continued he, his silver hairs already proclaim him near his heavenly country. He had best put on the cowl of the Holy Brotherhood, and in the arms of religion repose securely till he passes through the sleep of death to wake in everlasting life. Tears started into the eyes of Halbert. I thank you, Reverend Father. I have indeed drawn near the end of my pilgrimage. Too old to serve my dear master in the fields of blood and hardship." i will at least devote my last hours to uniting my prayers with his and all good souls for the repose of his sainted lady i accept your invitation thankfully and considering it a call from heaven to give me rest i welcome the day that marks the poor harper of ellersy with the sacred tonsure the sound of approaching trumpets and soon after the clattering of horses and the clang of armor made an instantaneous silence in the cell helen looked fearfully at her cousin and grasped his hand. Murray clasped his sword with a firmer hold. I will protect you with my life, he spoke in a low tone. But the soldier heard him. There is no cause of alarm, rejoined he. Lord de Valence is only marching by on his way to Dumbarton. Alas, my poor father, cried Helen, covering her face with her hands. The venerable prior, pitying her affliction, knelt down by her. My daughter, be comforted, said he they dare not commit any violence on the earl king edward too well understands his own interests to allow even a long imprisonment to so popular a nobleman this assurance assisted by the consolations of a firm trust in god caused her to raise her head with a meek smile he continued to speak of the impregnable hopes of the christian who founds his confidence on omnipotence and while his words spread a serenity through her soul that seemed the ministration of a descended saint she closed her hands over her breast and silently invoked the protection of the almighty jehovah for her suffering parent the prior seeing her composed recommended leaving her to rest and helen comforted by holy meditations allowing her cousin to depart he led murray and his companions into the convent library end of chapter ten